If you have your Bibles, I need you to turn with me quickly. Turn with me quickly. We're going to the book of Joshua, the 23rd chapter. And uh, <clears throat> verse number eight, I would encourage you to I would encourage you to read that entire chapter. But I only want to deal with verse number eight lest I preach too long here today. And I don't want to uh, I don't want to do that today. Amen. But Joshua, the 23rd chapter, beginning at verse number eight, uh, you will find these words written written there. It just simply says this, but cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. <clears throat> Let me read it again. But cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. I want to also, uh, just for scripture reference, if you look at Psalm 63 and 8, it just simply says, my soul clings to you, O my God, even as your right hand upholds me. I want to talk to you from these passages, from the subject matter, clinging to the Lord, your God, clinging to the Lord, your God. Much has been going on. So much is happening in the world. Look like the devil is just loose. He's busy. If there's ever a time that the people of God <clears throat> need to hold on to God and to cling to God, now is the time. I believe you would agree with me that now is not the time to give up. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is not the time to quit, but it's time that we do as Joshua declared to Israel. He says, you are to cling to the Lord, your God. When you look at the 23rd chapter of the book of Joshua, these were Joshua's parting words to wayward Israel just before his death. And I have to ask you, what, what, what would be your final words upon this earth if you knew you were about to die? What would you say to your family or friends? If you were the head of a major organization, what would you say to your subordinate leaders, your managers and supervisors of various departments? If you were the leader of a nation, what would be your final words to the top officials various departments of government. Well, this is the subject. This is really the subject of this present passage of scripture. Joshua is about to die. He's 110 years old, but before he goes to be with the Lord, he must do all he can to prepare the leadership of Israel to take his place. He must place upon the soldiers the mantle of leadership. But you know how many of y'all would agree that just turning over the leadership to them will not necessarily make them great leaders. Somehow, some way, he must arouse them to 
pick up the torch of leadership, being strong, courageous, loyal leaders before God and the people. For many years, Israel had been experiencing God's rest, living a life of peace and security, experiencing God's wonderful blessings and the provisions in the land that flowed with milk and honey. The people had probably been experiencing the rest of God for over 20 years. And so uh, Joshua charged the leaders and the people to obey the Lord and to live a life of strict separation. I mean, I know we're living in the day, we're living in the time now. If that scripture come out from among them and be ye separated, now is the time that we as believers, we as people of God, we as Christians, we must now live a life of strict separation. And so Joshua, he begins by covering the blessings of God. He always reminded them of what God had done for them and what God had been to them. And so he challenged them to remember the blessings of God, what God had had done for for them. Uh, God had done so much for his dear people. Uh, They had been eyewitnesses of his blessings. Uh, The promises of God had been fulfilled in their lives. God had given them victory over the enemies of the promised land. Enemy after enemy had stood toe to toe with them. But God had given uh, strength and power to his people. And they were able to defeat all the enemies that had tried to keep them out of uh, the promised land. When you read that chapter, especially verse four, you'll see that God had given his dear people the inheritance of the promised land. And God would continue to conquer and give victory over all the enemies of the promised land. And so Joshua, he encouraged the people. Never forget what God has done for you. And can I can I be a Joshua here today and encourage your hearts that in the midst of everything that's going on around us, don't ever forget what the Lord has done for you. We sing a song, look where the Lord has brought me from. He's brought me from a mighty long way. What about Jesus? I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Somebody ought to shout, I'll never forget. And so then after he admonishes them and tell them to remember the blessings of God, But then he turns around and begins to admonish them. And in our text today, he simply admonishes them. He says, you are to cling to the Lord, your God. To cling, to cling. It means to hold fast to something as by grasping sticking, embracing, or winding together. It's as a wet raincoat would cling to your back. It's as a person on the verge of death would cling 
to life. It is, it means to remain attached in thought or practice. It means to be glued to something. It means to follow close after. It means to pursue hard, to resist separation. And so he says, uh, you are to cling to the Lord, your God. And then Jesus, he picks it up. Jesus picks it up. For those of you that need a New Testament text, Jesus picks it up in the book of St. Luke, the ninth chapter. And verse number 23, Jesus says unto them, if any man will come after me, he says, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Another translation says that if any man wants to follow in my footsteps, he must give up all right to himself and to keep close behind me. Jesus said, if you're going to follow after me, you're going to have to stay closely behind me. And so if this present life is your most, is most important to you, you would do everything you can to protect it. You would not want to do anything that might endanger your safety, your health, or your comfort. And so by contrast, if following Jesus is most important, you may find yourself in unsafe, unhealthy, and uncomfortable places. You may even risk death, but you will not fear it because you know that Jesus will raise you to eternal life. How many of y'all know that nothing material can compensate for the loss of eternal life? And so Jesus' disciples are not to use their life on earth merely to please themselves. They should spend their lives serving God and others. How many of y'all know that serving God, it'll pay off after a while? <laughs> Sometimes serving people don't pay off. But how many of y'all know when you serve God, it's going to pay off after a while? I don't think anybody that's under the sound of my voice, I don't think any of you all don't enjoy payday. In fact, the matter is, I think we all look forward to payday. Well, I need you all to understand that payday is coming after a while. And that's the reason why we need to cling. We need to hold on. We need to grasp, my God, we need to be attached to him because I don't know about you, but when it's all said and done, I want to be with Jesus and I want to make heaven my home. And so he simply tells us, he says, cling to the Lord your God. I thought about this and it came to me that clinging conveys the sense of desperation that there is no other viable option. I need you to know we living in the day and time now. There can be no other options. You have to cling to the almighty God. It's a sense of desperation. In other words, as a heart, 
heart panteth after the water brooks. God, so my heart panteth all after thee. In other words, all I want is more of you, oh God. And when you're clinging to him, that's your, that's your song in the morning. Huh? That's your song at noonday. That's your song in the midnight hour. That God, I'm chasing after you. In other words, and once you catch him, oh, y'all ain't going to help me. You better cling and you better hold on. You better hold on like never before. And so I must ask you the question here today. Are you clinging to Christ? Or are you clinging to your bank account? Are you clinging to your reputation? Are you clinging to your capabilities? How many of y'all know that self-sufficiency is the arrogant assumption that I can do it alone? But how many of y'all know that without God, we can do absolutely nothing? Without God, we would surely fail. The song said we would be drifted like a ship without a sail. I like to take it a step further. I say without God, we'd be like an airplane without a pilot. We'd be like a train without an engineer. We'd be like a school without teachers. We'd be like a restaurant without a stove. Without God, we are insignificant and we are absolutely nothing. Oh, the book of Acts that it's in him that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. And so self-sufficiency is the arrogant assumption that I can do it all alone. You have to understand that clinging is the humble acknowledgement that I must be intimately connected to God for life, not just for a week, not just for a few days, not just for a couple of months, but for life to make sense and to be worth living. How many of y'all know without God, life is not worth living? I don't care what y'all say, without God, life is not worth living. But because he lives, Hey, I can face tomorrow. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what Fox News says. I don't care what they're talking about in the White House. But because he lives with everything going on all around me, I can live because he lives. And the reason I can live, because I know who holds my future. How many of y'all know I don't know what tomorrow holds? Amen. I I can't tell you what's around the corner. Hallelujah. But one thing I know, I know who holds my future. And I'd be crazy not to cling to the one that holds my future. And so in Joshua's admonition, in his warning to cling to God, he also gives this warning. He turns around and he tells them that if you refuse to cling to the Lord, your God, he says, if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, in other words, if you ever turn back and you go back to the world 
and you go back to the world's values. Listen what he said that the world was going to do to you. He said, they shall be to you as a snare and a trap. He says, a whip on your sides, thorns in your eyes. And he says, until you perish from off this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. In other words, what was God trying to say through his man servant Joshua? He was just simply saying this. He was letting them know, look, you've seen my works. I've given you my word. God says, I've been good to you. I've been kind. I've been merciful. I've been faithful for you to turn back now. Well, have I got a witness up in here? Anybody can say, God, you've been a faithful God. You've been an awesome God. You've been a loving God. You've been a supply of all my needs. You've healed me when I was sick. You lifted me when I was down. You lifted the heavy burdens off of me. You broke every shackle and every chain and every feather that had me bound. God, you picked me. You snatched me from the hand of the enemy and from the pits of hell. Ah, you took me up out of the mire clay. You set my feet upon a solid rock. Hey, you gave me the assurance that the foundation of God standeth sure. You let me know that I am one of yours. You've been my bridge over troubled waters. You've been my light and my salvation. You've been my refuge and my strength. God, you've been my everything. Uh, have I got a witness up in here? And God says, since you know all of that, uh, don't turn back, don't turn back. Because if you turn back, God says, I'm going to have to turn you over into the hands of the enemy so that the enemy can destroy you and cause you to miss out on the promises that I have for you. And so the question is simply this here today. Are you clinging to Christ or do you have it so together that you can do it all by yourself? And if so, are you willing to pay the price of independence? I need to let y'all know I'm not willing to pay the price of independence. I barely naturally so have enough strength to put one foot in front of the other. Can I come down your street? Some of y'all get up in the morning. I didn't say you wasn't saved, but you get up in the morning and wonder which way to go. Look like life burdens are trying to drag you down. Somebody you're full of grief. Somebody you're hurt. Somebody you're despondent. Somebody the devil been trying to put the spirit of depression on you and the spirit of oppression. And so you can't do it all by yourself, but with God. How many of y'all know all things are possible? I'm glad I made up in my mind that I'm not going to let nothing. I'm not going to let nothing. Somebody put that in the chat. I'm not going to let nothing separate me from God. And here's what I know about God. There's nothing you can do. No place you can go that can stop God from loving you.
Your husband might stop loving you. Your wife might stop loving you. Your children might stop loving you. But I dare you to cling to the Lord your God. My God, Paul turns around. And Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or Paul or sword? But thanks be to God, after he named the list, and we can add some to that list, but notice what Paul says. He says, nay, don't get confused with the King James Version because it just simply means no. Oh, glory. In other words, no. Hey, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And I stop back here to let somebody know I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. And how many of y'all know when you can declare that you're more than a conqueror? It don't matter what the devil says. It don't matter what the devil does. It don't matter what he tries to bring upon you. You're able to stand flat-footed and you're able to declare that I am more than a conqueror. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, is there anybody under the sound of my voice that can declare I'm more than a conqueror? How many of y'all know when you're more than a conqueror, you stop grumbling and mumbling? Oh, y'all ain't gonna help me here. You stop complaining because you know God is in full control. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved us. And then Paul continues. He says, for I am persuaded. In other words, I am convinced, oh glory, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Hey, somebody ought to shout, our Lord. You ain't got to get jealous. He's my Lord and he's your Lord. Hey, and nothing shall separate us. As I close, as I close, can I encourage all of you uh, with the words of the Apostle Paul again. He says, finally, in other words, this is the conclusion. Finally, my brethren, finally, my sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, in other words, stop trying to do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own strength. Eh, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. He said, but be strong and in the power of his might. Put on, you need to get dressed. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. And then he tells us something else as we go through what we're going through. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so he says, put on the whole army of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And saints, we are living in the evil day. Now not the time to fall and faint. When you've done all to stand, keep on standing. Ah, keep on standing. Because John, John said, Reverend, before you close, let me get in on a little bit of this. John said in 1 John, the fifth chapter, verse number four and five, John said, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Then I like this part. He says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. I'm wondering, is there anybody that believes that he's the son of God? Hey, anybody believe that he's the son of God? Well, guess what? You are an overcomer of this world because you believe that he's a son of God. John the Revelator says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be their God and they shall be my sons and they shall be my daughters. I'm glad that I'm an overcomer and I'm glad that I'm a son of the most high God and beloved, 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 it does not yet appear what we shall be. But one thing we do know, that when he does appear, that we shall be just like him. And so my soul, my soul, clings to you, my God, even as your right hand upholds me. Aren't you glad the Lord upholds you with his right hand? Don't jump out of his hand. Some of y'all have been trying to jump out of his hand. You've been trying to do it your way. Don't jump out of his hand because he upholds us with his right hand. And while he's holding us, you ever pick up a child? Have you ever picked up a child? You know you got that child safe. You know you're not going to let nothing happen to that child. You know you're not going to let that child fall. But what does that child do? That child clings to you, put their arm around your neck, hey, around your shoulder, and they hold on. You know they, you know you got them, but that's just reassurance that they cling to you. But that's the way we ought to be. I know God's got me. <laughs> I know God's got me, but I've got to cling. I got to cling to him because here's the reason I cling to him. Not because I'm afraid that he can't handle having me, but I got to cling to him to make sure I don't cling to nothing else. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. <laughs> Come on. I said, I got to cling to him to make sure I don't cling to nothing else. The devil will have you clinging to, to your bank account. It'll have you clinging to your relatives, have you clinging to your friends. But I got to cling to him because if I cling to him, I cannot cling to nothing else. And so in the midst of what we're going through,
I want you all to know he's holding you in his right hand. Cling to him. Trust him and never doubt. Surely God will bring you out. But you got to cling to the Lord, your God. Don't ever forget where he brought you from. And when the devil try to come in and bring confusion and cause you to doubt, just take a moment, take a pen and a piece of paper and count your blessings. Name them one by one and see won't it surprise you what the Lord has done. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I know these have been some trying times. These have been some trying times, y'all. I was telling somebody the other day that it's not that I'm so strong to deal with everything that I must deal with. It ain't that pastor's that strong. It's just a fact that I know that in my weakness, he becomes my strength. In my weakness, he becomes my strength. And if you just cling to him and let God be your strength, you're going to make it. I know there's been times and it happens to the best of the best that sometimes you just feel like giving up. I want y'all to be transparent. I don't want to talk to y'all right now that already been glorified and every day with Jesus gets sweeter as the day go by and it does. But I want to talk to some folk who've been struggling. I want to talk to some people right now that's been going through. You love God. You know God has been faithful to you. But it just looked like your grip is slipping. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. You may say, Pastor, I almost let go. I almost let go. But aren't you glad, hey, Chloe, that when you almost let go, God 